Welcome to Until It's Gone, a podcast where the conversation ends when the coffee runs out. This podcast is hosted by Cole Hammontree and Nate Morris, two dudes from Grand Rapids, Michigan, who love coffee and love Jesus. We hope and pray that this podcast will encourage you in your walk with the Lord. And thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. Now, join us over a cup of coffee as we chat until it's gone. That was a long and dramatic one. Oh, yeah. Cheers, me, bro. Cheers. We didn't spill that time. No, we were careful. We are learning from our ways. You're learning. <laughs> True. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> wow. Gentle taps. I was telling Cole before we uh, rolled, but I figured I would tell you guys this. This morning, I'm pretty tired. We both are. Yeah, it was a long weekend. Uh, Cole just got back from Haiti, as we'll get into. A little ganked. But I was also at a youth retreat this last weekend at Grace Adventures, leading worship, and that always leaves you with a ton of energy. You feel so good about the work that you did during the weekend, but you do get really, really tired. Yeah, and then, truth be told, I had to episode, episode, or edit... <laughs> And then truth be told, I had to edit episode five last night because I couldn't get to it until last night because it was the last crazy last couple of weeks for me. So mm. I was up a little bit later than probably wanted to be editing, right? which is fine. But that's okay. This morning I was telling Cole uh, when our alarms went off, apparently I leaned over to Amanda, my wife, and said, uh, sometimes you just don't have the right tool for the job. <laughs> And, uh, no context. No context. Like the first thing I said when we woke up, and she morning, was like, honey. "She was like, what?" And I was like, "I don't feel like talking right now." <laughs> like, but I didn't say it right away. It was probably like ten seconds later. Yeah, yeah. Because I was so tired. Sometimes you just don't have the right tool was, for the job. I think I was having a dream about construction. No, like I was thinking like video editing. Like Uh-oh. you just don't have the right like video editing software for the job sure. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently i was imparting wisdom on her <laughs> which is funny because normally she's the sleep talker and so in the mm. middle of the night she's the one who normally says random phrases to me and i'm like okay <laughs> but i was awake like i remember this i don't know it, like the half awake almost want to go back to bed yeah just weird know. state it was funny That's she was hilarious. she was dying <laughs> was but. she fully awake yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was <laughs> sleeping. And she's like, are you going to get up? And I was like, I'm going to sleep a little longer. And I was like, what time is it? She's like, six. I was like, oh, frick. <laughs> so then yeah. I slept for like five more minutes. You got to get to the stew. Yeah. And I had to upload episode five. Yeah, yeah. We don't have internet at our house right now. Why? Comcast. <laughs> One word, Comcast. So uh, we're switching. <laughs> We made the switch. Good. Tomorrow we're getting a, I mean, we're getting a different service. Service so. provider. Different generic <laughs> service provider. Um, Love that. Yeah. 
Apparently, our landlord had like a contract with Comcast. Well, so. I was going to say they usually sometimes they have like monopolies on where you can get cable and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. we can only have Spectrum where we are. We like doesn't even matter who's you know who runs our condominium complex and stuff. It's like that company has a monopoly of like all of Rockford or something. Yeah, there were limitations when we were looking to switch, but gotcha. Our internet was it was working, then all of a sudden stopped. I think it was our modem or something. And well, and we're just like, what a great time to switch because yeah. we hate this. And you've had slow internet since you guys moved in. Yeah, so we're getting it's going to be like twice as fast. Yeah. So it still won't be like as fiber, but that's the fastest we can have in our neighborhood. Right, for sure. That's what we're going to get. So yeah. that's nice. Hopefully, we'll get fiber someday. But anyways, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Love that. Welcome back. Yeah. Welcome back, everyone listening. Yes. But welcome back, Cole, to the United States, the, the great U.S. of A. The U.S. of A. That's like, that's one of the bigger things that I have just had to think about and just wrestle through of never having been to a third world country before. It, uh, it was definitely a culture shock going there and coming back. Um, and it does feel really good to be like on U.S. soil, especially after the stuff that has happened in the country of Haiti. Um, but some backstory and some context of why I went on this trip. Um, it's, it was a trip put on by Berkeley, um, and I was able to go under their watch uh, with Kirk, uh, the assistant pastor at Berkeley. And we were going to check out an organization called Starfish. And um, Steve Edmondson is the founder of Starfish, and he attends Berkeley. And that's how that connection was made. But Starfish is an organization that does so many incredible things on the island of Loganov in Haiti. And so if you look at a map, you'll see Haiti on the left side and split with the DR on the right side. And then Haiti's kind of like a backwards sea. And then in the middle of that sea, there's an island. And that's Laganov Island. Um, and so we were there for a week, uh, Thursday to Thursday. And um, just one layover in Miami both ways. It's actually the exact same plane because they just fly that route. So GR to Miami, Miami to Port-au-Prince. It's the same plane on both legs going there and then coming back. It's the same plane. Did you have the same seats? Almost. 24F. <laughs> window or aisle, if you could choose. They were all windows. I got all windows, all four, and took some cool pictures. But, um, so yeah, that was, uh, was an experience, to say the least. And it was super humbling to be able to have this opportunity. I've, I've told a few people, but it's like a childhood dream kind of like come true because new camera, um, a trip that's paid for and covered and being able to do what I love in a completely different country, also directly for the Lord in this case. So your mission was to document what was going on Correct. while you were there. What was the mission of the people that you were documenting? There, so we, Kirk essentially went to, and as did I only with a camera in my hand, to follow starfish and to learn more about starfish it was kind of funny kirk has had like six different times he's tried to go 
to see the the mission and the schools there. That's one of the big um, objectives that Starfish does. Is um, we've act- Berkeley has actually helped sponsor and build a school there, way up in the mountains. But we were just going to learn more about Starfish and to see it firsthand, and then discover what the next practical steps are and the practical needs are what we can pray for as a church, what we can continue to give funds for and talk about people with and continue to build that up. So Starfish, I believe, if I'm not incorrect, there's either 65 or 70 Haitians on Starfish's payroll um, that they provide for sustainability through their work at the schools, through their work in Life Garden, which is a big agriculture project that starfish has taken on to be able to provide nutrients and plants and food for uh people on the island so so they're empowering the local people versus bringing teams of people to come in and do something for them and then leave correct Uh, well there is that aspect to it so we do want to send a team in march and in april but starfish has been there since 2010 so it's more of an effort. It's, it's looking at it in the view of long-term sustainability. The short-term missions and teams that go steward that long-term thing. Um, but Steve, Steve goes there multiple times a year, even by himself, just to get work done and check in and just be present. That, that was one of the things that, from talking to him, is, has been on his heart the most is just being present and being a face there and communicating with people. Um, and so, yeah, it's cause it's, it's one thing to just throw money at a problem, but that's not going to fix it. Um, you can throw all the money that you want, but if people don't know how to use it, if it's not stewarded properly, it doesn't mean anything and it'll actually do more harm than good. So trying to figure out how to sustain stuff like this, talking to Steve and these are his words, not mine. It's had to say a lot of no's, like a lot of no's in order to say yes to certain things that they've now seen come to fruition. So, so it's kind of a surveillance trip from Berkeley to kind of just keep the finger on the pulse of what's going on, see how they can help, what has been effective, what has not been effective. Correct. And then what's next? What are the next steps? How can we keep moving this forward? And, and because it's, it's crazy, but when we were driving, we drove across the island one day, which side tangent, the roads are so bad. Uh, we, we Google mapped it to go to the other side of the island. What it took 18 minutes by car, flat roads, took us five hours to go that same amount of distance. And then six hours on the way back because our UTV broke down. So crazy, but, um, yeah, it, it was surveillance and, uh, checking out. There's a school there that Berkeley has helped start build, start to build. And that was incredible. And they've, they finished the main building and there's a couple other buildings that they want to continue and, um, do some maintenance on a couple cisterns there. Um, but, we drove across the island um, to see another school and to kind of see what they need and to see what that project is. And I have, I have pictures that I can share, um, but 
it's literally just one room, dirt floors, and like tarps that separate the classrooms and just like wooden beams and sticks to like hold the roof up. And it's like, it's crazy. It, it was insane to like see something so different and just to be so out of your element and to see how these people live like in the mountains. And we were easily um, the only white people on this entire island. Maybe also in the entire country of Haiti as well because of the recent things. Probably not, but easily. Um, And when you're driving on the island, everyone just turns and looks at you. And there's either their, their expression is sometimes either like bewilderment because you could, you know, the, the villages in the mountains and across the island could easily be, you could easily be the first white person that they've ever seen in their life. Um, which is crazy to think about. And then the other thing is that driving across the island, what Starfish is doing is so cool because driving across the island, we saw these old like world vision like locations um, where they would, you know, either have taps for fresh water or like facilities or med centers or something, but they're all abandoned world vision just completely like pulled out of there. So it's like, who is stepping up to help these people? Um, And there is one other foundation. It's the wish foundation. And they're doing uh, some, some similar stuff that um, starfish is doing as well. But um, it was kind of eerie to see like some of the world vision things and, you know, you're driving in the mountains and then it kind of, comes to somewhat of a clearing and there's some buildings and people's farms and houses and huts. And it's very, very interesting. And it was, it was otherworldly in a sense, having never experienced a culture like this before and really, really feeling like a minority was like just something I haven't experienced before. So not even like a minority, like the only, like such a minority of these people might not have ever seen somebody like you. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, exactly. It's not like, oh yeah, there's a couple people around that we've seen and you're just like, there's not a lot of you and that would still be weird. Yeah. But like, like, whoa, like, yeah, what are you doing here? <laughs> right. No, exactly. As far as your schedule went, like when you got there Thursday, kind of, kind of give me a recap of what you guys did as far as like, beginning of the week towards the end of the week. Cause I know you said that maybe like towards the end of the week, you had a day or two that you had off or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So got there Thursday, um, January 20th was the first Thursday and it was a long day. Uh, flight left out of GR at six, 6 AM. And then I think we got to Port-au-Prince. Uh, I think we got there like a little after noon. Um, want to say and then um we had a local guide his name's marcel it's a local haitian uh that we've known for and i say we being starfish uh have known for um quite a while and he's as steve would say he's our main squeeze on the island (laughs) and uh 
he knows all the the pathways and he's good about you know figuring out if the roads are bad um because what they'll do is they'll just line up a bunch of tires and burn the tires as just more of a protest and as more of an image thing and if that's going on um you need to respect that um and that's where some other groups have gotten into trouble in the past but he's super good i mean he knows all the roads and um so he picked us up from the airport in like a 12 passenger van and then took us about hour 30 north up on the coast where we backed up on a tiny little dock got in a basically a pirate ship and then sailed two hours across and it was it was so peaceful it was really really cool um and you guys will will have to check out the pictures to see what i mean but sailed across to the island and got to the island like right at dusk on thursday um and so we got to the guest house that night um and then i don't remember the exact order yes i do the first i think it was the next day we went to a village up in the mountains called the Great Plains Village. Um, and we checked that out a little bit. Um, that was, I think, I think that was Friday. It was either Friday or Saturday. Um, one of the days in there, we checked out the Life Garden that's in town. Um, and that's where Steve primarily does most of his work, um, being a doctor and also, Steve's a really passionate botanist, um, so he's super knowledgeable about all of those things. And so he kind of directs and um, gets in touch with the agriculture director there that he's hired on for his team. Um, he wanted to do some experiments with a plant called Moringa, and it's a super nutritious plant that they dry and then crush up into a powder. And it's extremely nutritious, and you can buy it at like health food stores and stuff. Um, so he wanted to do some experiments with that. So he gave us a tour of the entire life garden and met some of his main people um, that he relies on there. Um, and then we went to Pick Maybe, which is the village all the way across on the other side of the island that took five hours. That was a separate day. I think that was Sunday. Um, and I'm remembering on that trip when we got there, we were, it took so, cause we left so early and it took five hours to get there. We got there, ate lunch and was there for an hour and then had to turn around and come back. And so we were in, um, a, like a all-terrain vehicle. It was a Mahindra. Um, that's a brand and just a four wheel, um, with like a small little bed in the back. And then there was a big old, I forget the actual brand of the truck but it was a massive dually um it was almost like a almost seemed like military or like armory it's not but it's got a big bed in the back and just um like a metal wall around the bed that comes up like three or four feet um and then it's got like a three-person bench seat and then the driver in the front and so that is both of those are their vehicles and they have one more all-terrain vehicle that was broken down while we were there. Um, but the, that is what got us to and from every place. And also everyone rides these really kind of cheap Chinese bikes. They're like Hajin, I think is the name. Um, but everyone just rides these like street bikes. 
up and down these mountains and the roads are the bumpiest roads I've ever seen. I, I told Steve, I was like, I'm never complaining about Michigan roads ever again. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and so we, in perspective. yeah, for real. And, uh, so we saw pick a maybe, I think that was Sunday. And then Monday we went to Makashone and Makashone is the village where Steve first had an encounter with, uh, the village up there, the village of Makashon. And um, that's where the school has been built that Berkeley has helped foster and steward. So we saw a few different villages and then touched Makashon, which was kind of like, that was kind of almost the pinnacle of the reason for us to go is to see that for me to get content and for me to get pictures to bring back, to share with Berkeley um, you know, giving value to people who donate so much and who want to help but don't know how. And maybe the easiest and the best way is just donating funds. So to be able to give them something back of value where they can tangibly see where their money's going and hope that it just touches them and encourages them to continue. Um, that was kind of like the pinnacle of the trip. Um, and then Tuesday... So, I was just going to say, so Starfish does... It sounds like they just do a variety of things to try and help the quality of life, right? Like yes. they have this life garden, which sounds like a medical clinic slash garden. Mm-hmm. Is that what like life garden is? Yeah, and- it's it's mostly agriculture. Um, Steve is a doctor. Um, and so occasionally he will treat some of the locals or some patients there that need some help. Um but that's that's kind of like few and far between again because it's like okay you can help one person but what if we get to the root of this thing and then help a bunch of people so it's kind of like nutrition's the problem here exactly. so like how do we increase nutrition exactly well and it's like there's no there's almost zero infrastructure they burn their trash like there's no there's no other way to do it they don't have running water or latrines it's like and that stuff gets into their groundwater and contaminates their water. And it's like, oh my gosh, there's so, I remember talking to Steve and it was incredible to hear his insight because I was starting to feel this of like, there's so many problems. Like how in the world do we pick one and how do we call it done? How do we call it successful and accomplished? And it's like, you, you don't get to that point. There's so many problems that you can't let yourself get overwhelmed like it's a mindset thing and it's like there's so much and for steve it's like just let's just be obedient to what the lord has what the lord has set before us and what he's called me to do right this very second and if we take even just a millimeter of a step in the right direction that's still progress and you know, talking to Steve, it's like, you can't discount that like at all because sometimes that's the only way to continue to progress. And of course we as a culture want those measurable, successful, large leaps and bounds and steps, but that's just not the case when something like this is just so massive and there's so many issues and there's so many problems to be able to come in and again, look for that long-term solution and look for that long-term sustainability. It requires a lot of no's and it requires a lot of 
just diligence and discipline, like we talked about last week, almost to stay the, stay the course on those things. And we did talk about last week a little bit the idea that doing something over being paralyzed by all of the options, right? Like you could sit here and be paralyzed by every problem that you saw, but it's more important that you do something to to control what you actually can, right? So mm-hmm. he's like, I'm a doctor. I can help people immediately, but like, you know, doing the th- prioritizing the things of importance because nutrition is something that affects everybody all the time. You yes. know, that's not, it's not like, like you said, just treating one person. Well, and it's like, or education. Exactly. It's like, okay, if this person's sick, well, why are they sick? Well, they ate something bad or they have a viral infection. Okay. Why do they have that? It's because, oh, they don't have fresh food. They don't have clean food. They don't have sustainable water sources. It's like, let's get to the root of it and let's nip it in the bud there because you can do the immediate fixes all day long, but that's just an immediate fix. What's the population on the island? Oh, I, I don't know if I ever learned that number, unfortunately. It sounds like it's not very populous though. It's not. It's actually referred to as the forgotten Haiti. Um, Mm. And I remember Kirk was telling me, it was actually kind of crazy. Kirk knows Marcel from 10 years ago when Kirk was at a different church and they sponsored a trip down to Haiti. And Kirk was with Marcel on the main island and built a cistern that we went and saw on this trip 10 years later. Kirk Kirk was in amazement. He was like, I, I never would have guessed that I would be back here in a million years. And Marcel ended up being our main person to get us around the island. And uh, Marcel's a pastor up there too. Um, and so that was really crazy. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think I ever learned the actual population, but the, the locals there, I, I think Kirk asked some of the locals or something like, cause Kirk remembers seeing the island when he was there before. Cause Kirk was just on a mainland trip and he remembers seeing the island and asking people about it. And they just kind of like brushed it off. They're like, Oh yeah. Like there's people over there. But I apparently, they made it sound like those people were just less than. And the people aren't less than, but the quality of life is far less than the mainland. And so, um, as Steve would say, it's it's referred to as the forgotten Haiti, which is really interesting. Well, it is. And, and I think it's really good to put things in perspective when you zoom out a little bit because we like you said we get so caught up and i mean this is happens a lot with culture shock like you said we get so caught up in our little problems when they're handling when they're handling like big things that are totally handled in the united states like you don't have to like yeah there are still water control issues but there are people that can handle it there are still these things but there are people that handle it right um so like to me it sounds like there's there's an education problem and that's cool that you guys are working in a school, um, teaching people. And, and that's a lot of times the best thing you can do is empower people with knowledge. Uh, but there's also a geographical limitation of being on an island. In the climate that in it the is. In the climate that it is. Um, I don't know what the population per square mile is or something like that, but the roads, the infrastructure, like you're Mm -hmm. fighting against the mountain, you're fighting against the island to just survive. And so to thrive on something like that, you would need like experts, you know, and, um, and to do it without 
living in your own filth. Yes. You know, there's like, like you said, where does the trash go? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have a place for it. And I bet, I bet stuff ends up in the water. Oh, I bet stuff, a lot. Like, well, and talking to Steve, actually a lot of it comes from like overseas and it just comes from other places. And I mean, I would imagine that a lot of it comes from there too, because I mean, we'd be riding somewhere and someone would just eat something and then throw the plate out the window. Like, it's just like, it, like it's everywhere and it's an issue. But to your point about, um, you know, our problems, that was one of the things that I, I, it really hit me. It was like, I had a new, I had the new iPhone like waiting for me when I get back from our upgrade. And it was like, I, I wasn't even thinking about it. Like it, I wasn't even excited about it. Like even when I got back, it's like, I, and that's kind of the, the metaphorical example that I've used in the few conversations that I've had with people. It's like, we're so worried about the next iPhone and our cars and all of that stuff. And it's like, man, like how small and how in- insignificant are these problems in comparison to people, you know, in Haiti on the island? And you can play that game all day. On the flip side of that... And there are many places that are similar to Haiti. Exactly. On the flip side of that, it made me just unbelievably grateful and humble to have the things that I do. Because you can say whatever you want about big tech, but the the reason and the fact that we have this technology is a product of you know, our country and, and the infrastructure that we've been able to build and the freedom that we have. And I would also, yeah, I was going to say the ideals of the, you know, America was founded on religious freedom. Exactly. All these things. Like, obviously there's baggage. Yeah. (laughs) But, and there's a history there, right? But the reality that we have these things that our quality of life is exceedingly high, not for everyone, obviously, but, um, I mean, comparatively that no by and large like you can look at somebody in america and and we're not discounting anyone's struggles but man that's like normal for a lot of countries right and keeping that in perspective right like yeah the wealth per capita yes for an american is absolutely well it's what is it's like if you are just in america you're in like top 93 percent of or top three percent of the world's richest or something like that it's astronomically high and and the the thing to remember about that is like we don't have control over where we're born i was just gonna say that i remember one of my teachers putting it to me i think it was in high school i think it was in my economics class i can't remember my teacher's name but it was like you sitting in this class in the country in the state and in the school that you're in you've won the lottery on life like when you think about it, it's like, and I had that exact thought. I was like, I didn't control that I was born here. We don't, we, we don't have control over that. And so it just, it's like, I could have so easily been one of those and watch starfish come into my country and, and be struggling with these things and be on starfish's payroll or like not. And just like, there's, there's so much and it can, definitely overwhelm your mind to think like that, but it's necessary. I think to think like that 
And for me coming off of this trip, it's like, man, like, holy cow, I, I didn't ask for any of this. I didn't have any control over it. We get caught up in our own bubbles. And I mean, that's human nature, right? And some of that, like, like you obviously shouldn't feel bad that you were born in America, but you should feel blessed. Yeah. And you should, you should understand your responsibility and, and, and think hard and long about what you can do to be a positive force in the world with, you know, like without shouldering all of the problems of the world on your own shoulders because you're only one person. But whether that looks like supporting um, starfish, whether that looks like you as a photographer, like yep. like doing what you can, which is taking photos and some videos and, and going out there and like that's, those photos could produce how much like fundraising because people see what's going on. Like right. the Lord has you here for a reason and your role in the United States of America can be used to help those types of people, you know? Cause I think that sometimes people like try to guilt people for being born into a better situation than other people, which I think is equally evil than looking down on people who are born into a worse situation. Mm what you can look at people and hold them responsible to is what they do with the situation they've been given, yes. whether they were born into a bad situation or a good situation. Right. Some of that, like with the bad situation is education, right? Like mm-hmm. if they don't know how are you supposed to hold them accountable, but at the same time, like somebody who's born into a good situation has more means, probably more education. And so by and large, um, you can hold them a little bit more responsible to, what they're doing with that. Yeah, absolutely. On that idea, it was actually kind of cool. Um, the, the, there's a scripture that I sat with before the trip. I was, I had a lot of anxiety and I think honestly, just like spiritual warfare leading up to the trip and going, I had two like massive canker sores from stress uh, and I like rarely get canker sores. Um, but there was a scripture that I I think the Lord brought me to, which is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. And it's like what we've talked about before. It's not prosperity gospel, but you know the Lord honors those that fear him and that love him and not like put him first. And this scripture just gave me a lot of peace when we were on a boat ride that was insane. And on like a, this rickety old boat or like a fly boat cruising back or after our UTV broke down, it's like there's, there's just so many variables from travel to just being there to safety. And there, there's an idea of trusting in technology that I do want to touch on, but um, a few verses later, um, this this really struck me on this exact idea of what am I doing with the blessings that I do have, and it's Proverbs three nine and ten: Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. So it's that idea of like 
yeah, like I just got this new camera and I have X, Y, or Z and I, I'm able to do this and I don't have to feel guilty about it, period. But I can also look at that and use it to honor the Lord with the first fruits of my wealth where it's like, I just got this new camera and it was almost, I mean, your literal first fruits, literally. That's what I was thinking. It's like, and that's what we're supposed to do with a tithe, right? It's like, you shouldn't even have to think about it. A, it's worship to tithe, but that should be the first thing that comes out of your paycheck before it goes toward anything else is honoring the Lord with that first 10%. And it was so crazy to be able to do that with like new gear. Um, which is a very significant purchase for me, but it's like, I can honor the Lord with this, with this trip. And he, he protected it and he honored it like the whole time, because I think, you know, it was for him. Well, there's, we've talked about this before. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but I, I really enjoy hiking and camping and getting out into the wild. I've talked about this with Logan Chagdis. Shout out Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea that we think that we're our own gods because we're so used to having everything in our control, right? Like, yeah. oh, this, the roads get plowed so we can like drive on the roads mm-hmm. and like we have all wheel drive and heated seats and, you know, all these other things that like we take for granted. But when you get out on a backpacking trip, like 10 miles, like not even like, Super not even like a hundred miles, 10 miles and you get your butt kicked by nature for a little bit you don't feel like your own God, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's a level of spirituality that you can't ignore. Right. Whereas I think in our culture, it's easy to ignore the spiritual because we don't have to rely on it. We don't have to, we aren't really tested like we were. Right. And so when you go to a country like Haiti or, or impoverished places, you get, you, you are revealed to the spiritual again. The spiritual is revealed to you as you are, forced to reckon with the fact that you aren't in control, right? And where do I place my trust in this UTV that just broke down or in the Lord who says that he sets my paths before me. Yeah. And so I think that's a really important note, you know, and something that like, seems like you've taken away is uh, again, a a perspective shift. So I would encourage everybody, you don't have to go to Haiti, but get out of your house, right? Go do something that's difficult. Get out of your comfort zone and, and challenge yourself to, um, put yourself in a place where you have to depend on the Lord. And I think, I forget, it's James, I think it's James 4, but come near to the Lord and he will come near to you. It's a promise. And if you, there's a, there's a witty saying or metaphor that Kirk has on this exact topic, and I can't remember what it is, but it's essentially if, let's let's take, and it's not really a bet, so, but the idea is like, let's take big bets on God and let's put our trust and our reliance and our faith like on him. And we can obviously with wisdom and discernment put ourselves in situations like, and it might not always be what appears to be the most like wise, like traveling to Haiti right now probably isn't like the wisest thing, to be honest, uh, with all the news and everything. But it was where the Lord called me to go and doing that and resting in that obedience, I can trust what he has for me. And you can trust him when he says, use what I have given you for others right. and give it to me. Yeah. And that was the the second point that I thought of from your, 
from what you brought up was I think it was Peter. I can't remember where it was, but he was saying that basically you were given gifts to use them for others. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, God gave you spiritual gifts. He gives you talents to serve others. He didn't give you talents to serve yourself. He didn't give you talents so that you would be glorified. He gave it to you so that you could use what he gave you for other people. Right. Period. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's a huge, that's an overarching concept that you should be applying to every part of your life. So kind of like we were talking about, like, okay, he gave you means and talent and photography. Use it to serve my people. Use it to serve me. And and obviously guys, you don't have to be a photographer, whatever that is for you. Mm -hmm. What has God given you uniquely that you can use to serve other people, whether that is finances, whether you do make a good living and you've got some extra spending cash, Mm -hmm. whether that's time, whether you're just hospitable, whether you're whatever the Lord gave you, you are called to use that for other people. Right. You aren't. You aren't called to solve the world's problems. That's a God-sized problem. Yep. Uh, but a you-sized problem is obeying God with what you've been given. Yes, it's good. There's a on that idea. It's it's probably one of my favorite pieces of scripture in the Old Testament. Um, but it's Deuteronomy eight seventeen and eighteen. Um. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me, but remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. So it's, it's just, it kind of goes along with that passage in Proverbs where it's like, honor the Lord with the first fruits of your wealth. And we do that because it's his anyway. It's his before ours anyway. Um, I just love that in 17. Like how many of us have been, no, this is me. And especially in culture where it's so individualistic, where it's you go get what you want for you. It says here, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember, and I love that, how it starts with just remembering and just looking back. Remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. He's given me the ability of photography and video art, and, and zooming out even more than that, you were born into yes. your family correct? at Rockford, right? All those things that you were saying, like when you zoom out, it's not just chance. Like right. God put you there for a purpose. Right. And then in 19 and 20, it says, if you ever forget the Lord, your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed like the nations the Lord destroyed before you. So you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord, your God, which is just heavy. And it, it's, it's cool because it, it continues to paint that picture of his justice um, throughout there, all of scripture. Absolutely. There was a, this weekend when we were leading worship at Grace Adventures, the theme was chaos into clarity. And how the Lord takes chaos and brings it to clarity. And one of the topics that Antonio Marshall, who's the speaker that we can shout out. Awesome guy. Um, Love Antonio. He was saying that. Why do you think you have a life of chaos? Like the Bible promises chaos if you aren't obeying God. 
it, it literally it does. It's mm-hmm. like if you if you do X, Y, and Z, and if you're way stray from God, like that's the way of folly. It will lead to destruction. Like yeah. how many passages? Like you could take Ecclesiastes and Proverbs and any yeah. any book of the Bible probably is something to that regards. But basically right. saying like when you don't follow God and you don't obey what He's told you, that is not best for your life. Mm-hmm. He knows what's best. He knows what's best. The creator of the world who designed this, the infrastructure of the universe yep. knows the secrets of its order. So when you, when you obey him and serve him, it might not seem like a direct result right now. It might take time to unfold, but it doesn't say you'll be destroyed today, right? But that was the lie that Eve and Adam believed right. in the garden. It was that you won't, you won't die. And no, they didn't die that day, right? But they died some 800 years later. Right. I don't even know, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, like, which that's a side note. Were Adam and Eve, like, I've never thought about this before. Did their birthday start that day? Or were they like, because <laughs> it says they died when they were like 900 something. Right. I don't or Well, and then it, it's a little bit later, right? That, God puts the limit on human years after the flood. Yeah. But that's crazy. But I don't know. I was Think just about, thinking about that. Cause they were yeah. like eternal. And then was that the day that he counted, started counting? Yeah. Like right. the, all of a sudden they became mortal. That's funny. But that's a total side that's crazy. Note. Yeah. Um, but the, the idea that people are like sitting here and you see, and you can look at our culture as a whole too. It's like, why is it so chaotic? Why is there so much tension? Why is there so much division? Why is there so much hurt and heartache? Part of that is just due to the fact we're broken. But as a nation, as a whole, I'm putting my money on the fact that we're not following the Lord. Mm. And there's something corporate about that too, right? Throughout the scriptures, it says that nation, yeah. that city, that town isn't following me. Therefore, they will be destroyed. Yeah. And and I think that not that we were not again, not that we were perfect and that the United States is a Christian quote unquote nation, right. but it used to be agreed upon that Judeo Christian morals were at least profitable for living mm-hmm. and things as a nation were a little bit better. And now we're like, like we've talked about this, you start to get away from absolute truth. Like, oh, like I guess you can't really tell me what's true. It's just true for me, right. right? As soon as you start just wavering from these like assumptions of who God is, you don't even, like, again, there's a level of like practicality of like, you don't even necessarily need to be a Christian to believe that, oh, like loving my neighbor as myself is a really good thing. Right. But eventually you start to get away from that and then the next thing's under attack, right? And that's so of the devil yeah. to just deceive people into thinking that, Oh, let me just like get ahead for myself and that's better for me long term because right. the Bible says that it's not. Right. You know, not it, to over spiritualize like our nation, but it's also a spiritual thing. Yeah. And to your point too on the chaos thing, like God is a God of order, like he's creator. And additionally, it's like, why, why wouldn't we put our trust in him if he's the creator of all things? Therefore, if he created them, I'm pretty sure that he knows them better than I do. <laughs> so why why wouldn't I trust him? And obviously, that's much that's very simplistic and easier said than done, for sure. It's an easy idea, though. Yes, exactly. That people don't realize. And I think 
that, you know, that's faith. Um, being able to put your trust in that and not see it. Right? I, there's passages that I forget at the moment that talk about that, but you don't have to see it, you know? And if, if faith was a feeling, it wouldn't be faith. It, and I, can I say this too? And I'm sorry if this offends some people, but as soon as you start compromising biblical truth, you're going to compromise another one tomorrow. And then eventually it will be, you can't believe in Jesus. Yeah. If you want to talk about how something should be interpreted, but you believe that it's true in the way that you interpret it. Okay. That's a different conversation, but some, but too many Christians quote unquote Christians think that the Bible is there just to pick and choose what's right and what's wrong for your life, depending on whether you think it's right or wrong. Cherry pick it. And that's, that's, idolatry yeah that's not christianity you either believe all of scripture or none of it and i there's a quote by i can't remember if it's andy bird or francis chan but it's like jesus was either a lunatic or the true prophet and son of god that he said he wasn't is there's yeah. no there's no in between he was there's either no like half jesus yeah yeah and in the bible props itself up Right. And these are things that like you probably heard before, but I want to reiterate when we're talking about chaos and order, even when there's things that we don't understand, there's things that we don't like, we don't get, they don't feel good about the Bible. There are a lot of those things that we can get into. And I don't necessarily want to get into anything specific, but I I guess I would encourage you guys (laughs) and we got here for some, for some reason, but I would encourage you guys to really just reflect and if you've been compromising biblical truth because you've disagreed with it mm. versus if you are fully surrendering to the lordship of the lord and and his commands because the bible is the word of god it's living it's a gift of god and it's how he communes with us yes that's how he speaks to us mm-hmm. right like okay do i think the holy spirit can like give you like like revelation and and like push you to do things. Yes. But I think it's all according to his word. Yeah. The word that he's already revealed to us, affirmed, confirmed. Um, yeah. So don't think that your hunch is more important than what the Bible preaches. Yes. Because it's not right. Yeah. The, it was cool. Uh, Berkeley hit this topic nail on the head yesterday at church, but it's the idea of, the Holy Spirit can give specific revelation to you on like practicalities, like, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. That's a general thing that we learn throughout scripture. And that's what we're already called to do. God has already spoken and said that that's what we're supposed to do. The Holy Spirit can convict us of that, but it can also lead us into specific revelation of like, how do I care for my specific neighbor? Like what is a need that I can meet? Why does this person's name all of a sudden come into my head at work? And there was this, this quote and to your point where it's like, we don't understand scripture. You can ask the Holy spirit to speak to you and minister to you and help you to understand scripture. It's leave, it's living and, and breathing. That That's one of the main points of, the main roles of the Holy spirit and the right. Godhead is to, is to reveal the, like Jesus right. to us through the understanding of scripture right. and how to rightly divide it. And so we should be praying for that yes. every time we read. Exactly. That's, that's something I'm 
getting more in the habit of is just asking the Holy Spirit for revelation before I sit down and read scripture. And one of the things that this, this was just really cool. Um, Kyle had this quote. I don't know if it's from something, but he said, the Holy Spirit inside of us is better than having Jesus beside us. And I was like, whoa, it just, it just like put it into perspective. Cause it's like, we, we think about like, man, like what if Jesus was here and do this, that, and the other thing, but he gave us like his same spirit that raised him from the dead. We have that inside of us all the time. Help me. Yeah. When Jesus says that I'm giving you the Holy spirit to help you, it's the same word that, that God uses when he describes Eve. Mm. Did you know that? The helper. Yeah. The help me. And it's like, he's giving you a companion to, to, so that you're not on your own. Do life with. Yeah. And I think that's such a beautiful picture of yeah. the Lord's goodness to us. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's so good. It was, it was such a profound and Kyle spoke about um, like acts one and two where they were just waiting. And it was kind of funny. Cause it's like, imagine a group of people just waiting for the Holy spirit. And they're like, what's it going to be like? What's this, what's going to happen? Like this, that, and the other thing. And then, it was it was cool and just the way Kyle spoke I've heard you know the story Acts 1 and 2 and the day of Pentecost and all of this stuff before but it was just it for some reason I think it just touched me differently on Sunday yesterday but it's like you know the holy spirit gave them the power and it was so cool the way Kyle put it of like the holy spirit brought the nations to them instead of having them go out, the first act of the Holy Spirit was bringing other people to them and then allowing for community, right? Because it says, it says they spoke in other tongues. So these people from all over, they're like, wait, they don't speak my language here. Why am I hearing my language being spoken? And it was just so cool to see that where it's like, God has so much compassion for us and we're designed to live in biblical community and the Holy Spirit I was like the first thing that the Holy Spirit did was just foster that community. And that's, that's a good point. Um, and there's a lot of varying beliefs on speaking in tongues, but one of the main reasons that the Holy Spirit allowed people to speak in tongues was to bridge a, a language barrier. Right. And that was the first time that that happened. Right. Yeah. Um, and well, yeah, it's, well, it's like scripture. profitable for the community. Yeah. Well, it, like, Scripture says, go to the nations and the Holy Spirit brought the nations all together, like all of the nations together, like at that moment to be able to commune and share the word of God and to share his story with people that they wouldn't have any other means to talk to unless the Holy Spirit came and gave them that ability, Mm. which is mind blowing to think about. (laughs) I'm out of coffee. I am too. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. And I think that in, in maybe in some final remarks about chaos and about the Lord in this, how are you going to know what you're supposed to do if you aren't in the map? Yep. You know, you're not seeking out the light. You're basically covering the light that's shining the light on a path. Like if you've ever gone hiking, at night and you need a headlamp to see what's in front of you. It says like, you can't, you don't know exactly what's coming up ahead. I mean, we don't know that, but the, but the Bible tells us what our next step is. Right. Always. Right. You know, and the Holy spirit guides us and helps 
reveal to us what that truth is. Mm-hmm. Man, it was good. It, it that's actually kind of funny. Um, the sermon series that we're in is we're comparing our walk with Jesus to hiking, and we literally have like a trail map, and it's like, come and see, follow me. Um, there's a third one, and then the last one is send me. And it, it's there's a lot of like comparisons of our walk with Jesus, right? It's like there's some times where it's nice and beautiful and the weather's really nice and you have this amazing view. And then there's other times where you're just, there's torrential downpour and you're on a mountainside and it's tough and icky, but um, it's a journey and it's like the walk and it's a lifetime. Like if it, like the trail maps that tell you how long the hike's going to take, if there was one of that for following Jesus, it would say lifetime. And that's, that's the journey, you know? So Hmm. It was cool. Um, but yes, thank you all for listening. Um, I, I'm going to say this as uh, getting myself to do this, but like I said, a part of my goal in going over to Haiti um, and with Berkeley and with Starfish was to capture photos and video. And my goal is to potentially make um, a mini doc with the content that I have. And so ideally, um, it's today the 31st. I think today's the Mm -hmm. 31st of January. My goal might be to have a video completed uh, uh, of the whole trip by the end of February. So I'm saying that as a accountability to people. Yeah, you're in trouble now. And I need it. That's how I work. That's what I, that's how I work best uh, is having deadlines. So I'm saying that um, I'm excited to share all of this and I hope that the videos can speak much more volumes um, to the people of Haiti, to the island of Laganov, to Starfish and what they're doing. And I hope that it can uh, capture some, some hearts and ignite some, some people's passions that they might not even know they had. Send laborers to Haiti, um, again, raise funds and um, just spread the story. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of what it's all about. So be on the lookout for that. I'll have photos going up on my Instagram and probably on my website that we can share with you guys um, and reach out. If you have any questions, I'd love to talk any questions. We'd both love your questions in general about the truth and the word and all of that. Yeah. And today was obviously a little bit different than normal as far as a little bit less topical, but you know, eventually the Holy Spirit gets there. And I think there is some good, good things there that yeah. hopefully will be helpful to think about and um, figure out how you can apply that to your own life and what, what the Lord has for you, where you're at. Yeah, We want to be honest about where we're at. And then hopefully that's, that helps you guys understand your life a little bit better Yeah, um, because we're all in this together. We're all figuring this out together. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. one of the things I learned from, my best friend Logan Johns is don't look horizontal to what you're supposed to be doing. Look vertical and uh, let the Lord tell you and point you in the direction that he wants you in. Mm. Thank you, Josh at local legend recording for the studio space. Yes. Thank you, Cole, for the nice pour over. Amen. Thank you guys for listening.